0: Hey y'all, welcome to Common Era, a podcast presented by the Consulate Journal of Ireland in Atlanta. This podcast explores the shared ties between the Republic of Ireland and the American Southeast. In our last episode, we spoke with two linguists working on the front lines of reviving Cherokee in North Carolina. And today, it's my great pleasure to introduce 2019's shortlist nominee for Rialto o'Gnoblina, a prestigious Young Star of the Year award for journalists and artists in the Irish-speaking community. Thank you so much, first of all, for having me. Um,
1: My name is Catriona Ny Rhónal, and I'm from a little village called Spiddle in County Galway in Ireland. It's a Gaeilthacht village. And I am an actor, so I primarily work through the Irish language um, on TV shows, um, stage acting, voiceovers, for cartoons and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, and then I also dabble in other uh, other professions, I suppose, like related to Irish. So I do a bit of translation. Um, and,
0: yeah, primarily I just work through the Irish language all the time. <laughs> so for listeners who may be in the US and unfamiliar with the Irish language, would you be able to share some background of the history of the language and where it stands in the present day?
1: Yeah, so it's um, it's Ireland's first official language and uh, not many people know that. <laughs> A lot of people presume that we just speak English all the time. Um, and to be fair, it, you know, English, I suppose, is the predominant language in the country, even though technically, like officially, it's not stated that way. Um, so, yeah, so there are these little pockets. Um, in Ireland like the geographical areas that are marked out as a uh, gaelthacht which means like an Irish speaking region um there are some in Donegal so up at the, the north of the country there's then a, one in uh, the west of the country that's Connemara that's where I'm from then down south you'd find uh, Kirkale so that's kind of like down near Kerry down like the southwest of Ireland and there's one a few like um Dublin has a strong Irish speaking um population in in pockets and then there's down in in Waterford as well there's um a place called Unreen so they oh and then sorry actually a really important one in Iron in the middle of the country uh, in Mead so they're, they're kind of like dotted throughout Ireland but they're very small regions I would say um even though there are like geographically we're not just like stuck to like one side of Ireland but they're quite small um but yeah, so it's it, our, our Irish is a minority language, um, so we're really fighting for that um, all the time, just to make sure that uh, the language is growing and that uh, you know we're getting that children are speaking Irish and that we're trying to promote, you know, I suppose promote Irish on the television or just promote it in like day to day life, so that people see that it's a a living language and that it's not just a thing that you're taught in school, which is uh, a huge uh, discussion over here whether you know you learn Irish in school when you when you like are in secondary school say so from the ages of like 12 to 18 and most people also will do it if you go to like an Irish-speaking primary school you you do all your subjects through Irish as a child but then from the ages of like 12 to 18 you do it as an exam subject and um, and that's where it gets a little bit tricky. Uh, a lot of people kind of it's, it's compulsory but a lot of people would argue whether it should be compulsory or not. Uh, so that's where that's a, that's a bit of an issue that's kind of you're, you know we're trying to I suppose get people to see that it's not just an exam subject that there are people genuinely that live live through this language every day and it's not we're not just doing it for an exam you know so I suppose that's kind of where it stands at the moment um but we're doing good we're doing well like it's you know there's definitely a newfound I find since Covid um hit us um you know a lot of people were at home for a lot of the time and kind of didn't have things to do and then all of a sudden we're like oh wow okay I'll just pick up Irish again I think Geolingo was great it was as far as I know I don't don't have the stats but I believe that um duolingo for Irish was one of the fastest growing languages on duolingo or something during the lockdown so um it's it's going well it's
0: going okay. Did you grow up um in an Irish speaking home or was that something that you learned more so at primary school or further along the way?
1: Well that's like actually a really interesting question so I grew up so my, my dad is from Spiddle uh, so Irish would be his first language and um, my mamo, so that would be my grandmother um, she also is from she was from a place called Lessercalla back in kind of like back further in Connemara um, so Irish would have been her first language as well so they were are, are fluent Irish speakers but my mother then uh, is from Cork in the south country in the city so she wouldn't have had fluent Irish but when she came to Spiddle, um, and she met dad they she did do like she did Irish classes and stuff but um, I suppose I grew up bilingually I suppose because you know we would have m- mom would have spoken a bit of Irish um, but you know we would have we would have done both so i would have i would have grown up listening to like speaking a lot of english but also listening to mamo on the phone or listening to Momo and dad talking or you know we'd have like uh, i'd say the, the tv station that we'd looking at the most would have been TGCAD which is an Irish language uh tv station and then uh the radio as well it was all Irish like all day every day I think we just turned the radio on in my house like when we get up in the morning and it just stays on all day um so that was all Irish so I suppose I had a yeah bilingual upbringing but I was always surrounded by Irish no matter like I and I, I don't even think I noticed it I don't think it was a thing where I was like I'm going to sit down now and listen to some Irish like it was just always there I didn't think it was strange I didn't think that I was doing anything abnormal I thought everybody kind of just had two languages and everybody you know spoke Irish as well Um, and I suppose Spiddle as well the the area that I'm from like it it had a strong Irish speaking um community so in school like again we would have had an awful lot of Well, no, it's completely through Irish, like everything we would be doing, all subjects through Irish. Um, And then, you know, you'd be playing football, you'd be playing, like, joining the local GAA club, Uh, you know, that would all be through Irish. So I suppose,
0: like, bilingual, but a lot of Irish. And was there ever a point growing up when you realized, oh, now I'm in a location where most of the people around me are not bilingual?
1: Um, I, yeah, I think secondary school, um, so I started secondary school in Spittle, like, so it wasn't a big change or anything, It's still in the same village, but I started secondary school when I was 13, and I suppose that was the first time where I, the first time that I was in contact with a lot of people that weren't from my village, so Spittle wouldn't, I suppose we'd have a catchment area of, we would have had people from all different uh, all different areas around the place coming to the school so uh, even though there are plenty of other schools but there there would have been a lot of people from say my collins, so that's just um north of Spittle but it's a great technically but there wouldn't be an awful lot of Irish in my and um, so we had people from my Colin coming into co- traveling to come into our school like in the, on the bus in the morning that it's only like it's like 20 minutes away but um but yeah so they'd come down and then uh, you know, we had people coming from Ferbo, Barn, and Ochnacara, like they're all kind of villages that would be in further towards the city. So all of a sudden we kind of didn't just have like a spittle group. It was, you know, it was broadened an awful lot, which is fantastic. I like, was so good. I made so many great friends. I'm still friends with today. But I think... The, you know, when we'd be in school and we'd be in in class, and the teachers would be speaking Irish, and then you'd have somebody being like, "Oh, sorry, I don't, I don't know what that word is. Like, what, what does that mean?" And then you'd have a lot of the teachers then, um maybe switching to English as well, then to like accommodate the people that didn't understand everything. And then there were people that chose not to do subjects through Irish. So there were people that, you know, we would have been doing like, say. French through Irish, which is really strange, but we'd be doing, and we'd be doing, like, business studies through Irish, maths through Irish, but when you have, I suppose, when you have a class of, I don't know, like, 25, 30 students, and some of them don't, aren't as comfortable with Irish as the rest of them, then I suppose you do kind of lean to accommodate those people, which is totally understandable. So I suppose that when teachers started sprinkling in bits of English or having to, like, go through things in English at at times, that's when I was kind of like, oh, right, okay. So... This is different. I spill, or not spill, but like you know, I suppose my upbringing was slightly different to other people that were only like twenty minutes up the road from me. Yeah. Um, and also, I suppose a lot of our, a lot of our um, textbooks would have actually been through English. Um, so we spent, we spent a decent amount of time um, translating books, mm-hmm. <laughs> like wow. Yeah, yeah, well, like, not not us, like, you know, they didn't give the students books and they were, like, have at it, but the teachers would have had. I know in biology, um, my biology book was in English, and my teacher was from the Iron Islands, so that's, like, a really strong Irish-speaking la- area, and she had these beautiful words. Oh, my God, like, she had so, so words that I, I never had, like, words that were probably not... Um, used in like everyday language, but she had such like uh, like beautiful words to describe things, um and so she'd be giving us those words and we'd be writing them down in the coffees but we'd be reading an English textbook. So yeah, I suppose it was um secondary school definitely opened my eyes a small bit to the different upbringings that people had um around my area, even though we're all geographically very close to each other.
0: And that's wild, just twenty minutes up the road. It's yeah. radically different. I don't know.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, it is It is wild. But I suppose, as well, though, you know, I suppose Spittle, Spittle's Spiddle, no, quite It's quite built up, but my Cullen would be bigger. It would be a lot bigger. And it would be a, it's not a million miles away from Galway City, neither is Spittle. Like, Spittle's only half an hour from Galway City, and my Cullen would probably be, like, 20 minutes from Galway City. But it's... Probably a commuter town. It's, an, it's, a, it's a town that has grown an awful lot um, in recent years and it's, it's become a lot, an awful lot bigger. So I suppose they would have um, people coming from different areas and locate or like basing themselves in my country. So that would kind of, I suppose, dilute the Irish down a small bit.
0: Now, for yourself though, having grown up in a bilingual home and then I know studying in, at university in Galway you had to make a conscious decision i'm going to do my education the rest of my third level education through irish and i want to pursue a career in irish what led you to that that decision i i don't
1: even know that i don't i don't remember making like a conscious decision to be like i'm going to work through irish but Mm -hmm. it definitely when i was like in, in when i was in secondary school i i definitely understood that i really enjoyed the language and that i was good at it and so compared to definitely some people in my class i felt i maybe had a slightly better grasp of the of the, of the language now, in hindsight, though, I think, I think I thought I had a great grasp of the language and then I went to university and I was like, oh my God, what have I done? But um, yeah, no, I, so I think like, yeah, definitely in kind of towards my last two years in school. So when I was around 16, 17, I started to really, uh, really look, in, look at the language as something that I, I would like to study further and learn more about and use more. Um, So, yeah, and then I did, um, I did this, I did like a a drama camp um, in, when I was around 16, back in Cairo, so that would be another the area, and we did it with this company called Phoebean. so Phoebean are an Irish language theatre company, so we spent two weeks back there, uh, like a group of young people just putting together a play, and then at the end of the two weeks we did... We we show we did play for people from TG so from that Irish uh, language. TV station they came in and they looked at us and that, that was all great and I was like god I really love acting and I really love the theatre and being creative and I also loved that it was too Irish so then when I was looking at courses for university um, I came across this one in NUIG in Galway City and it was you know it's an arts it was an arts degree so I was able to I saw that I was able to pick Irish and then it was like an arts degree with performing arts so I was like ah I can pick Irish And I can study performing arts. This is good. Um, So, yeah, so that's what I did. And I enjoyed every second of it. It was fantastic.
0: And I remember Mm -hmm. you helped revive the Irish language uh, drama club that had disappeared for a while and, and you put it back on the map.
1: Yeah, that was, um, that's something actually I was like really proud of, like, because there was a group of us, like there was a group of people that were, and you were like so heavily involved as well for the time that you were there. Like it was, <laughs> I like, don't it was know awesome. about that. Literally, you really were. It was like, it's so good to have you on board. But um, yeah, we, we, I suppose when we started, so I started university in 2013 and I remember actually the first, like it was, I think maybe the first two weeks and they had, you know, orientation day and then they had like society's day and club's day and, we went to Society's Day myself and a few of um, my friends and uh, we, were, we we were there actually was a, a stand for Uncommon drama and we were like, oh, okay, Uncommon So this is like an Irish language drama society, fantastic. And then there was, it turns out, like we went to a meeting um, for the first, like, the first society meeting and there was like one person there. And um, so yeah, there's just three of us at a table, like... Um, and, you know, the, the girl that is kind of like running it at the time, she was like, okay, so we're going to try and do something, but this is like really tough because, you know, we don't have a lot of active members and you need X amount of members to keep the society going and all this stuff. And then nothing ever came of that. It just she at the time that that girl was in final year and we were in first year, so we didn't know what we were doing. Um and it just it just never materialized. Nothing ever came of that. And then that that was the year that it it the come draw me after kind of just like fell and and there was no more come draw me after that. And then in like second and third year, we that same group of friends I had, we got involved in the Cumann Gaeilach, so the Irish Language Society. And they kind of approached us and they were like, oh, would you like to do maybe a play like under our, our title, our society? And we said we would. And after like two years of doing that and we made like loads of connections with... You know, we, we just made such a lovely friend group uh, from that, and we got a lot of people expressing interest in, like, say, maybe writing plays to write for us, or you know, auditioning or helping out with makeup, hair, all that kind of stuff. Hmm. So we were like, okay, so there's there is an, an interest, but we just it's it's hard to get it off and running. So in final year, we just decided we were like, you know what? Let's just let's just do it before we leave. This will be like our legacy, and we'll just we'll just do it. So yeah, we we kind of uh, what's the word? Um got the society going again um and yeah it was it was it was tough going but it was really great that like when we were leaving that we were able to hold you know like an agm and just be like okay we're passing the society on now to like new people and we and it did i don't know if it's still there Mm -hmm. i'm not sure um I know like for two years after leaving college that they were still quite active in the last maybe year or two, I suppose of COVID as well. It's difficult. Like they you know, people weren't in university. So how how would you do plays if you're not mm-hmm. if you're not there? So maybe now like kind of when we're coming out the other side of COVID a small bit, maybe and people are back on campus
0: that they might get it up and running again, I hope. Well, and it was, it was so cool having Seen this from the outside, and then several years later, seeing your name associated with one of the the largest names I guess you could say I would think <laughs> in mm-hmm. terms of Irish language film rosteroon. How did you get from point a to point b what What's the story there
1: yeah, yeah. so well, actually, I actually auditioned for rosteroon. I auditioned for Russell Rune when I was eighteen, and I didn't get the part, and I was so starstruck because I grew—I would have grown up like watching Russell Rune. So, I went into the audition, and um, one of the actors that plays Mac, uh, his name is Paul Griffin, but the story—so the my the character I was auditioning for had a storyline with Mac, um, and she was there, there was a, a scene where. You know and I suppose it was a bit much for an audition but um there was a scene where we had to like um I had to like you know put my hand on his lap and all this stuff and I I was I was so starstruck it was so funny but <laughs> I really was so like I totally bottled the audition because I was just like oh my god this is Mac from Rust what the hell um so I, yeah, it was a terrible audition. So needless to say, I didn't get the part. But a year later then, um, they approached me and they were like, you know, we're doing this. There's a two-day um, TV acting course. And um, they were like, at the end of it, we're going to do auditions and we'll put them on the database. So I was like, okay, yeah, that'd be cool. So um, did that for two days. Met some like really, really like lovely people who ended up like some of them did end up being on the show actually with me as well, which is really nice. Um, and yeah, at the end of the two days, we recorded this interview. They put it on the database, and then maybe like six months later, um, I got a call and they're like, we have this character coming up. Her name is Serha. Uh, would you be interested? And I was like, absolutely. So um, yeah, I did my first. My first day with Russell Moon in it was in two thousand and fifteen. And I just did one day of filming. So, you know, not much at all. Um, and again I was so starstruck for the whole day. So I like dread to look back at those episodes. I'm like, oh my god, they're probably terrible. Um, but um yeah, so I just did one day of filming and had like a really brief storyline, just kind of like hopping in and out, and then I disappeared for a good while. And then they approached me um, two seasons later and they were like we were wondering if you'd like to come back and have maybe a bigger role but the same role but like you know a more prominent storyline and be more involved in the in the story and I did and so I started probably like well I started like as a primary character I suppose um about three years ago and yeah it's been going really well it's it's surreal sometimes when I think about like how I used to watch as a child and now I'm um, on it and like have my own character, and I've grown like very fond of her, even though she's a bit of a troublemaker. Um, I'm yeah very fond and very protective of Sarah, so yeah, no, it's been really, really amazing, and it's afforded me an awful lot of opportunities. Um, I don't, I don't have the stats; I don't know exactly how many um viewers it reaches every week, but I know that a lot of people use Russian around to uh, improve their Irish. So I know there's like there's a group on Facebook, and you know you there's there are people from like america people from england people from all over the place that are using Moon, uh weekly just they might watch it with um, they might watch it with like english subtitles and they might watch it with irish subtitles and just to hear the language and stuff so i don't know what the viewership is but it's 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 relatively big for such a i suppose a show that's through a minority language set in a rural irish village and so definitely having that reach and having I suppose having people watch like that many people watching me has afforded me a lot of other opportunities uh like acting opportunities that people would just come to me and be like oh we saw you in this would you be interested in auditioning for this thing and etc so it's um it's been amazing it's like I'm absolutely loving it so hopefully they don't kill me off
0: (laughs) (laughs) fingers crossed yeah is is, so I'm curious is there anything that what that surprised you, maybe, maybe okay. First audition aside, now that you've been an established character, is there anything that surprised you about being on the set um, that you wouldn't have expected uh, when you were a child watching the show?
1: Yeah, I definitely don't think I understood the length of time it takes to record an episode. And um, you know, we do episodes in cycles, so within a cycle, you'd have. You know, we record, we record eight episodes every two weeks. So there are two studios and uh, Studio A and Studio B and they're on, like say, so if there's one studio that's recording episodes one to four, then the next studio will be recording episodes like five to eight or five to seven. It depends on the cycle. Sometimes there might be less episodes and then they switch. So, you know, they switch over for the second week. So... It it's it's a huge operation. I don't think I understood that as much, and I don't think as well that I understood the, um, just the the work ethic of the crew. The crew are absolutely amazing. You know, for the the weather in Galway is not great, as you probably remember. It's it can be quite uh, wet a lot of the time, and a lot of well, not a lot of, but like a good amount of scenes would be um, written as exterior scenes and you know it they'll we'll, we'll film so long as it's not like really really wet if it gets um really wet and it starts to show up on the camera then we we just have to move it inside but if it's if there's like a little bit of rain and it doesn't quite show up on camera They'll keep going outside, but like they look after us so 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 well. So you know they'll come over and they'll give us like umbrellas and they'll have we'll have, you know these big hoods and these big coats that keep us really warm. And if it's cold, they give us heat packs, and, like heat packs for your hands and for your shoes. And so they look after us so well. But like we are only out there for, I don't know, an hour maybe to shoot a scene. It probably takes around an hour to shoot a scene. Um, whereas and then and then depending on the schedule, you might be finished then for. Another hour, or you might have like two out, two two hours into your next scene. So you're gone back into the green room, happy days, like lovely and warm. The crew are out there like nine hours every day, and um, like they they have a phenomenal worth ethic. Work and like just they're just so enjoyable to be around. <laughs> they're never complaining. They're always just like such good crack. Like it's so much fun. And um, so I definitely didn't understand the amount of people, and even the people in the office. Like there is so many. Like, in terms of admin, there's just so much involved with it, I think. I, again, don't have the figures, but I believe there are something like 150 people working in a um, and only a handful of them are actors. I don't know how many actors we have. Probably maybe 20, maybe 20 actors. Um, Like, of course, we wouldn't have all 20 in at one given time, but, you know, if you consider that the actors only account for a small percentage of it, then like it's amazing the amount of work that goes into it. and the amount of work I suppose that like the television industry and like in specifically uh, provides the village and the people the people in the village and surrounding areas you know and, and they're great as well Rusteroon they're fantastic for training it's a fantastic place to learn your trade as a young person coming in when I was like absolutely so sorry struck and so scared like my first few days like you know to be working with some of the actors I would have watched on television and, and as well like not to know all the terminology like I might have done drama in college but I didn't do it was it was theater it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't television so you know I came in and a lot of the terminology I didn't understand it um but the 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 actors that would be kind of would have been on screen for longer than me they were so helpful and the crew were great and, and yeah it's just a really enjoyable like safe place to To learn your trade and to to grow up in I suppose.
0: Have you worked on English language sets uh, since you've graduated and if so have you seen a difference in culture maybe in in terms of Irish language film versus English language film set maybe a different camaraderie maybe?
1: Yeah I definitely did I haven't done that much through English but I have done um, one or two things and it, it was definitely at a different scale. Um, I'd imagine, you know, a lot of English language productions. Now, of course, it depends on, on the production, but I'd say they would have quite a big budget, anything for like RTE, um, which would be our kind of like primary um, television station in Ireland. But the majority of the things on RTE would be in English. And I'd say they'd have quite a big budget. So I definitely did notice um, I did something... I did a show like just before COVID and I only had like the tiniest part. Like it was so small. I, I like barely had any lines. But um, it was, yeah, it was definitely eye opening. Um, the, well, it was just, I suppose, the scale of the production, the amount of people that were involved and say as well, like, and like this would happen in Irish too, but it wouldn't necessarily happen. It wouldn't necessarily happen on like Russell Moon, I suppose, because Russell is like, Uh, Like, it's a a soap opera, but this series that we were doing down in, it was shot in the Hinch and it, uh, which is in County Clare and I suppose it was a drama series for RTE and you, you know, like I got down there, and they were like, "Okay, so your call time in the morning is whatever time, and uh, your driver will pick you up." And then you know, yeah, you know, and and I wasn't used to that. Now, I um in recent years, T G Car have started doing um they started the scheme called it's all called Cinicaid. So it's a a scheme that basically they, T G Car are making feature length films now, uh or or well no like I suppose. Irish language production companies are making feature-length films for, like, in partnership with Carr. And I had, again, a really small part on one of those uh, films called Fosca. And, uh, like, again, like, yeah, one line, I think it was. But I went back to film that, and, you know, they had drivers for that too. So it's not, I suppose, I noticed it an awful lot, I suppose, just that, like, um, I guess... I guess it just depends on the production, but definitely, yeah, in English, it was it's it, it seemed more more intense or something, or more it, it just seemed bigger. It seemed an awful lot bigger. Something that I wasn't really used to, and I suppose as well because you're meeting a lot of new people. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of Irish language um, films, like they would be filmed with Irish language crew, and there aren't that many of them, so you would know generally if you're doing an Irish. Irish production, you already know a lot of the people, whereas in English, they can pull them from anywhere. So it was, it was, it was definitely an experience. It was eye-opening and it was very daunting, but it was very cool to learn. You know, I suppose to, to, to be involved in something at a bigger scale like that. And in a different language, because I know I like, again, only had like two lines or something in that thing, um, the English language one, but uh, I met someone afterwards, someone that w- would, a crew member that would work on wrestling. And he was like, God, it's very strange to hear you speak English. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I suppose, I suppose it is, because like, do you know, I, I never, I, I did find it, I found myself, speaking kind of weirdly I don't know why like because I speak English all the time so I don't know why but I just don't act through English so I found it I found it very strange when I was speaking I was like I don't know if I believe myself here because I just it just (laughs) sounds so bizarre like that I'm not speaking in Irish um but yeah it's 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 great I think in general just like for Ireland the television industry is it's, it's really booming at the moment and there are some like absolutely fantastic companies creating, creating bits in Irish and English like you know we had normal people uh, during lockdown that was huge like that was insane and that's afforded like Irish actors and Irish like crew members such a huge amount of work so just generally I think Irish is, Ar- Ireland is a great place to be at the moment but specifically for me in Connemara or in the Gaeltacht, because that's where the Irish jobs are.
0: If you'd like to see Katrina on the latest season of Rasnarun, you can watch the show online at www.tg4.ie, which is also linked below. Well, that's all she wrote. Thanks for joining us this time on Common Era.